It's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall is busted. It's 62 long years. Now we've got our backs against the wall. We're going to fight. And we're going to fight hard. It's going to be a do or die effort. It's going to be a determined bit. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. The stadium holds its breath. It's a goal. And the western suburbs erupt. So Frank Gokopso in Brunswick and Putzgrave. If I see one bloke walk out of here, there's a pat the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land, the House of Sin and Studios Stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Welcome to episode 15 of The Kennel Cough. This is a very special episode because we are... Broadcasting from, well, I'm not broadcasting from Indonesia, but Neve is joining me all the way from Indonesia. Neve, whereabouts are you at the moment? I'm in Tegu, um, which is in Bali. Yep. But uh, before I left, I wasn't telling people I was going to Bali. I was telling them I was going to Indonesia because um, people think of you a certain way when you say you're going to Bali, but I am here to study. I'm studying. I am learning how to write better, and I'm learning Indonesian. So it's all very cultural. Um, however, I have found a sports bar where I can watch the game tomorrow night. So Ah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I saw a Bulldogs flag hanging out the front. I <laughs> just about wet my pants. So pretty exciting times for me in Bali. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, let's start with some pup dates. Um, that name you brought up last week, and uh, I think it's going to have to stick. But the first one oh, was uh, on the afl.com.au, and it's all about... Uh, Brad Lynch, or as his nickname is, Ghost, <laughs> to uh, is that pale? Sorry? Is that because he's so pale? I think so. Like, Or maybe it's just he's like real sneaky or sneaks up on players. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably go with the former, that he is just a pale boy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the article has touted him as the next Bob Murphy, which is pretty um, bold claim. I think he just sort of plays a similar role. Yeah, I'd heard that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'd heard a little bit. um, Because I think he was kind of looking pretty good last year as well, but then um, um, got injured, one of his many um, hamstring injuries, I think. Yeah. Um, Um, It's his third season on the rookie list. I didn't realise. I thought um, second year, but third year, and he's come all the way from Western Australia. So um, good to see, like, a nice little success story off the rookie list for Brad Lynch. Um, I really hope he rips it up tomorrow night. Yeah, I think he's been waiting on the time, and it's good for him because, like, even though the rookie lists are pretty much redundant now because um, basically all the rookie list means is you get paid paid less. Yeah, I I did wonder that, like, because I thought you could only play X amount of games if you were on a – or you could only have so many players from the rookie list play throughout the season, but I haven't heard that for a while. No, and it used to be like the rookie could only play if one of the senior listed players was on the long-term injury yeah. list. It's sort of BS, but now I think um, because as well rookies are used for a lot of like mature age draft picks, um, they've kind of just left it, but it still has the rule that after three years 
you either have to be signed up on your senior list or delisted. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened to Rock Smith end of last season. That's right, yeah. I think it was we delisted him. Is he still on the rookie list? We delisted him and then drafted him again. Yeah. But the risk of delisting your player is that somebody else will pick them up in the draft before you can relist them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the next pop date was written um, in Fox Footy, or Fox Sports website about Billy Gowers, and it was written by Josh uh, Gabelish, I think his name is. It's all mm-hmm. about, uh, the headline reads, he's got a bit of mongrel about him. Bulldogs rookie Billy Gowers is exceeding all expectations. Um, and yeah, it sort of just highlighted how he's, uh, I suppose, his journey coming from Carlton's list and then getting delisted, playing for old Zavs last year in the Vafa, um, and playing probably his best game on the weekend, kicked three goals, 12 marks, and 22 disposals, which were all career highs for him. Um, and then the article sort of moves on to talk about uh, Aaron Norton as a forward. So it was it was a pretty good piece in Fox Footy, if you haven't read mm-hmm. it. Check Covers it out. everything. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> just nice. Like, even though we lost, it seems like the media are back on our side again. Yeah. Well, I suppose they like, realised how young we are as well. I don't know. Maybe having, like, yeah, I was up for it. It was like, wow, they could all be, like, one to two year players or thing. Um, kind of, yeah, and kind of like realizing that we're um, like on the right track. You know what I mean? I think your voice like, just like. Um, I think your voice is breaking up a little bit. It sounds a little bit like uh, Daft Punk, but I think I've got you back now. Okay. We'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good. Um, no, I 100% agree. It, if anything, I think bringing back Moz and um, Marcus Adams last week highlighted just how inexperienced our backline and our team in general was, and it feels like yeah. the media have kind of backed off a little bit and gone, okay, fair enough. Like, they are still a pretty good list when at full strength. Yeah, for sure. Definitely agree. Um, and then that moves nicely into the attention that uh, Aaron Norton has received of late. Um, this is an audio grab that we got uh, very recently that was off AFL 360, and this is what Gary Lyon had to say about who his pick four was for the Rising Star. Who's your wild card? You, a horse-loving man, the Kiwi, mm-hmm. Aaron Norton from the oh, Western yeah, Bulldogs, yeah. is going to come rattling down the outside. As a forward? As a forward and give the Western Bulldogs their first big key forward of note since Kelvin Templeton. <laughs> oh, that is a great rap. We like a little... Oh, Chris Grant, maybe. Yeah. Nice. Very interesting that... Gary Lyon has picked Aaron Norton for his Rising Star nomination. Uh, well, his pick for Rising Star, even though Aaron Norton hasn't been nominated yet. So I feel like there's a sense of inevitability about it because he is having such a stellar year. Um, maybe this week, maybe he'll kick a bag. But do you like the prospect of Aaron Norton as a key forward, Neve? Yeah, I think he looked really good. Um, and I, I mean, part of the reason that he got to come forward, I guess, was because like Adams and Morris were back. Um, if it, like I think it'll help his development whether whether he um ends up as a key forward or a key defender like playing both roles obviously you get to know it a bit better yeah. so you know what's going on for whoever's playing on you or whoever you're playing on hmm. um, but yeah I thought he looked really good maybe it was like a flush in the pan thing but um, if it works it works I think I'm happy <laughs> as long as he's kicking goals which he was so. That's it. That is the main thing. And I loved as well, like, when he did kick his first goal, that literally, like, all the players on the field 
like came to him. There was like seventeen blokes jumping up and down on him, um, which yeah. was nice. It is nice, um, and I thought he because then Gary Lyon earlier in the week on on the couch. Um, there's something about Gary Lyon and the West like changing like he just salivates over the idea of the western bulldogs and key forwards like earlier in the year yeah. he wanted um bont as the key forward yeah um, he wants some um, like fighters pretty hard. forward too and all this sort of stuff so yeah then on the couch um i grabbed these quotes off on online he said if this doesn't look like a key forward um moment sorry if this doesn't look like a key forward moment to me uh that's aaron norton who in the first three rounds was as impressive as any of the first-year players before he went back down and got injured. Sometimes you see one thing and that is hard to do. I love that. That is something worth worth persevering with. Um, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think if he can... He's got such a very uh, such a good mark that if he can utilise it at both ends of the ground, then the Bulldogs are probably going to be better off for it. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like a lot of our younger players or players who haven't been here for very long are the best goal kickers. Yeah. So, like... Richards, Norton, Shaki, it's kind of like, oop, I get them giving some kind of workshop, I reckon, because, um, <laughs> yeah, he looks like a real nice kick. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, moving on to the VFL women's, they've won two in a row now, which is unreal. They beat Casey in a dub thriller, so it was a close game, uh, 31 points to 28. They only won by three points in the end. Uh, Kirsten McLeod. Kicked two very nice goals when I was watching from the highlights. And Brooke Lachlan and Hayley Wilds had one each. So good to see the VFL women girls getting another win. Um, yeah, for sure. It was Ellie Blackburn's first game back. But um, just from looking at the stat sheet, it didn't look like she was back to her best. She only had the seven disposals. However, Brooke Lachlan... Yeah, I suppose like potentially she could be playing as well like this time if she's... That's back. it. Because they're like, no... They wouldn't play her in the reserves, mm. so it's just kind of like, oh, you'll come back to top level, but um, maybe she didn't play the whole game. Yeah, no, fair enough. My assumption. Yeah, one of the stats that did catch my eye, though, um, was Brooke Lachlan. She had 25 disposals, three marks, seven, uh, six tackles, and 144 Dream Team points. So, um, arguably best on ground, you'd have to say, from Brooke Lachlan, just by looking at the stats sheet. I obviously didn't get to see the whole game. Yeah. But very exciting. Yeah, 21... 21- 21 kicks, like, from her 25 disposals is incredible. Yeah, yeah. so she's not handballing it very often. Um, and that's no, awesome. that's, a lot of, that's a lot of kicks. Yeah, and this week the girls, they take on Geelong down at uh, Ballarat at Mars Stadium on Sunday at 1pm. Nice. Yeah, uh, hopefully they can make it three in a row. Uh, there was a lot of discussion after the game um, about beverages spray to the players immediately after the game he reviewed the two minutes um the last two minutes of the game and allegedly the um the spray could be heard from outside the walls from the media people um yeah what did you make of beverage giving a spray because it's not something we're really used to as western bulldogs fans we're used to beverage being like the the kind of nice guy rational um do you reckon they deserved Uh, it or Probably, like, just for my own, it was, uh, two of my friends came with me to that game, yeah. and it was the first time they'd ever seen me at the football, <laughs> um, and Risky. I would have sprayed, yeah, I would have sprayed the players, because I really embarrassed myself, <laughs> um, in front of my friends, <laughs> and so, 
like I lost my voice from that, and I still really haven't got it back. So, again, I look like an idiot in front of my new friends now. This <laughs> study thing. So I hope Bevo still lost his voice from giving them a spray, and we can kind of have this in solidarity. I mean, it was just kind of like it wasn't smart what they were doing. I guess mm. like you kind of knew what was gonna happen. I think in that situation, if you are up, just like bombing it as long as you can into the forward 50, like towards the hot spot, and like putting people, like getting everyone else back sort of thing is the best you can do instead of trying to be too cute with a kick around, like so close to the boundary. Yeah. And you kind of just knew that North were a bit more switched on and like ready to, go to take it back. Yeah. I think um, um, that, that Mitch Wallace I, kick was unfortunate for Mitch Wallace, but it... It's really hard because had he have just chipped it short or just even yeah. made that pass, we probably would have won the game. That's not to say that there wasn't um, many other instances where we could have put the game yeah, away. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. It's funny you bring up about Bevo um, losing his voice because this was his interview from the week and we'll play the audio from it. And this is how he described um, the spray in, to, in his press conference uh, yesterday. I don't spray. It's not. It wasn't really a spray. It was just. Um, it was. I suppose expressing the urgency around the situation um, with an extra decibel in my voice. <laughs> Very interesting uh, way to describe a spray. I wish I could use that myself when I um, get angry. He just said um, <laughs> increase with a few more extra decibels. But uh, yeah, I thought that was. Very good spin by Bevo. Yeah. Well, I don't mind it. I think as long as you're not a coach that, like, sprays your players constantly and is just frustrated and angry and, like, shows no sort of other emotion and, like, people can't... Like, I think that the um, like the players do... Well, I'd like to think at least it comes across like they like, gravitate towards him and they trust him. Yeah. Because he is really lovely and, like nurturing to them, especially as you should be with, like, a young group. Yeah. But, like, you can't be like that all the time. Like, if it, like if he wants to drive home how bad this is and make them feel really bad, like, about what happened so they never do it again sort of thing, like, I suppose, like, if he's kind of, like, a father figure in that way, like, every yeah. time, like, I was unhappy with something as a kid, my, like, oh, like, remember how this feels yep. so you never, like, because you never want to feel like this again. And I think it's that sort of principle of, like, Remember how this feels. You already feel crap because you lost, and you lost in such like dramatic fashion. But also, I'm really, really cross at you, like yeah, that sort of thing. Yep, I, I agree. Um, and I think it's about having that relationship with the players. If Bevo's got that relationship and he can um, articulate how disappointed he is, I feel like that's a motivating factor for the players, and it's probably going to have a, a positive effect on them. Yeah, for sure. Um, who impressed you against the Ruse? I have down. I really was really happy with the return of Marcus Adams. For sure. Uh, he got three votes from the coaches, which is pretty awesome. I thought he was really, really towering back in defence, so it was good to have him back. Yeah, he's a big, um, he's a big presence down back. <laughs> yeah. He, I forget how but massive I'm, he is. Yes, oh my God, I suppose like he's always had like lower leg injuries sort of yep. thing or leg injuries foot injuries um and just like his arms like as big as his head <laughs> like and he doesn't have a small head either and no. just like i just like imagine you're like yep um it's my day as a forward like 
I'm going to um, have a crack at this. This will be good. Sneak a few goes. And just like He-Man, I think they call him, like just like comes up next to her. <laughs> All good stuff. It'd be very terrifying. Um, I think he's, yeah, the specimen is his nickname. Yeah, and he's so athletic as well. Like, yeah. I was surprised when we, I didn't think Trengrove had that good of a game, and I was surprised how often he was found on Ben Brown. Um, like, and like, he just didn't play in front. And like, Ben Brown is like, again, so athletic, runs forward. Um, and it was interesting seeing as well, just like, on the topic of the game, Ben Brown's run up in real life. Um, it really is incredibly, like, it just goes for so long. Oh, like, I could not believe it. I was like, but it he works. needs to, like, stop and have a glass of water halfway in between. Yeah, true. Like, oh, my God. Just, I mean, it's amazing. But, I mean, if it, he kicks goals. So that's the thing. It's effective. Wish, and wish he was us. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, he was pretty damn good. I thought Billy Gowers played okay. As we said earlier, he kicked three goals and had season high um, marks and season high disposals. So that was another shining light for the dogs. Yeah. Um, and Hayden Crozier had like some ridiculous like 20 odd disposals by halftime. So uh, that's two weeks in a yeah, row for Crozier, crazy. which is amazing. Yeah. So I think it's good. Like Gowers is getting better. Crozier is getting better. Um, like Adams Morris. Back and playing well. Yeah. Um, we're just kind of, yeah. In the end, just a few like silly mistakes, and like I don't want to. I do not like blaming the umpires, oh, but I will but. side eye them and say that they had some influence. I mean, obviously, if we did the things that we needed to do, we would have won regardless. So obviously, not the umpires' fault, right? But some of the free kicks were the dumbest things I have ever seen. And just, like, the lack of consistency drove me up the wall. I, I so, agree with you. I was a very frustrated man on Saturday night, <laughs> and I was with my group of friends, and I was just like, I'm really sorry. You saw a very, like, bad side of me. Um, I was yeah, I'm not legit. always that angry at the umpires, but, like, I was fuming. Oh, it was, it was like, I don't know. The four umpires, they just call everything. It's just stoppage after stoppage. Like, the four umpires does not work. I don't I, think yeah. anyone in the particular power of the AFL umpiring department, maybe they do listen to this podcast, <laughs> but if you if you are listening, it does not work. Hashtag let the boys play. Let them play. Like, yeah, let them play because like, it's just constant stopping. The whistle's constantly blowing and they'll just pull something out. And then half the time, even though there's four of them, they'll still be blindsided. And one of our players will get their head taken off and they won't call it. And I've just had enough. Yeah, and it's... I, I can't remember who it was, but someone in the media this week was talking about how um, in grand finals and in finals, it might have even been Bob Murphy, the tendency is for there to be less free kicks called and, like, the players let go a fair bit and that equates yeah. to better football. And I tend to agree yeah. with it. I think the less there is of, like... Um, stoppages, while it's good to break it up if it's a rolling mall, sometimes it's nice to just let the boys play and <laughs> see the game unfold, and that's what they yeah, do exactly. in the finals. Let the boys play. <laughs> um, here was a weird stat that I saw um, on Saturday night, and it was that our pressure rating was at 313 at one point in the night, um, and the league average is at 182. I have no idea how they measure okay. pressure. Um, or Yeah, like, it's like pressure acts or something. Mm. They did. Ex- Kingy explained it in the lab one time. 
Um, so how, how, do they, how does it I, make sense? Does it have? Do you have I'm any? I'm not understand? sure if it's exact science, right? Um, but yeah, it's like pressure acts like tackles. I think maybe shepherds count, but I think like that, like yeah, acts where you're putting pressure on the opposition. Maybe like contest. I don't know if you make their possessions contested. Or, I don't know, like yeah. But it's like yeah, things things that equate to pressure are pressure acts. And then the number, like the pressure rating, is used to um. The pressure rating goes off how pressure acts that your team does, and um things like tackles, potentially shepherds, things like that. And then that number of acts is used to calculate the pressure rating. Right. But I don't know how they do it. No, it's like um, the Duckworth-Lewis system of footy. Like no one, there's probably one person in Australia that understands it and he calculates it. um, And when he dies, that that system just goes out the door. Yeah, it could be, could be. It's a witchcraft. (laughs) Um, But no, I thought the pressure was looking pretty good. It was a high-pressure game and um, I did thoroughly enjoy it, even though we lost in like the last two minutes, or last 40 seconds even. Yeah, geez. Um, what did you make of Josh, Josh Dunkley as a bit of a run-with <laughs> run player? He played with um, Sean Higgins for the first half and seemed to be getting the better of him, and then um, Sean Higgins seemed to get the better of Josh Dunkley in the second half. But yeah, personally, I don't so mind it. being like an older, more ex- in, um, more experienced player that was kind of accepted or expected. Sorry. Yep. But like, yeah, I don't know. He's like he's a big body. I think he has the the tank to play in the midfield. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. He did do a good job. So, I mean, again, like if that's working, if like Aaron Norton's taking that spot up forward and like Josh Dunkley can do that well, like why not sort of thing. And I suppose with, I know Pickin hasn't been a tagger of late, but, um, and like Honeychurch is so like up and down with his form at the moment. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, Honeychurch did such a good job on merit and then yeah. hasn't really been used as a tagger so much since then but also hasn't really been setting the world on fire, so it's interesting that they would use Dunkley. Um, but, yeah, no, I think um, he's, like, I mean, he's been played through the midfield for some time now. Mm. Um, and I know, like, in the VFL he has too, and this might give him as well, even if, like, he doesn't become, like, world best tagger or anything like that. Because mm. I think, I have a feeling that the tagger is going to come into vogue. I have this, I just have a feeling about it. So it's gonna it's gone out of fashion and then it's gonna come back into fashion. Yeah, not so much because I think that like a lot of the time, um, like, coaches and teams will be like, "Oh well, we'll just keep the ball, and like we'll do our thing, they'll do their thing, and it'll play out like that." But yeah. I think there is value in curtailing like a premier midfielder sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that most teams now have one. Like if we had somebody going to Bont or somebody going to McRae. Like when he's back, when he's back, or like um, like you know you've got um someone at um who's the who's the guy's just been injured Trelaw at yeah. Collingwood or Fife or someone like that. If you can kind of stop them, you kind of like kind of like I suppose like Jenga. You're gonna pull that little little Jenga piece out, and maybe it won't crumble, but it's definitely more, a little bit less stable sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, very good metaphor. But I, I think like Dudley it. would be good. Thank you. I am trying, and um, but at the end of the day, like, if he doesn't become like a really good tagger or whatever, he still has the experience of seeing players like Sean Higgins or whoever else 
like up close and like seeing what they do. Definitely, and um, it's another string to his so bow. He's good. already a he's already a ruckman, so he can add yeah, that true. ruckman forward. Yeah, bounce ruckman dude, but, you know, but like, um, yeah, exactly. Like I think it's good to give him experience because I think he's a really good player. Like in 2016, his first year, he played amazing. So yeah, um, definitely someone, and he's. His dad played over 200 games for the Swans. Yeah, uh, I don't know about... But he has... Uh, he definitely, because um, the Swans overlooked him as a father-son selection, so... Um, oh, because they asked him to, though. Yeah. Did, so, have, have I told you about this? No, what's the story? Oh, the Dunkley family um, asked the Swans if they would... Could they nominate for him? Like, could they bid for him? Sorry, so they nominated. Could they bid for him if... A team outside of Victoria, because they live in Victoria, they live in Gippsland. Ah, um, okay. And they didn't want it to like have to go too far from home. Yep. So if it was like a Perth team or an Adelaide team or like another team that was in Victoria where they could like visit him and see him a lot, could they please like bid on him? At least he was at the Swans, sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. And they said yes. So <laughs> that's so amazing. Pretty nice. Yeah, pretty nice of Sydney. I guess for them, it's like they knew he was a good player. But they also could save their points for like good players for academy yeah. players and things like, like Callum Mills. Yeah, was the same year as well. So like stuff like that. Like I think they were pretty chill. Yeah, pretty chill about it. Um, so, I've just checked now. Andrew Dunkley them. played 217 games for Sydney. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. 217 so games. Durable. Very durable. He's durable. He was a backman though. So maybe um, Josh's next spot is down back. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and he's just yeah. mastered pretty much every position on the field. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jamie t- uh, tweeted to us following up from last week's episode where we were talking about the domestique um, and he told us that it's actually the, the best player of the previous week's game that uh, gets to wear the domestique um, and he sent us a little picture of Jack McRae rocking it uh, and he oh, yeah. said that um, Jack McRae keeps it permanently in his possession <laughs> but <laughs> obviously now that he's injured um, I feel like this week it might have landed with Billy Gowers or maybe Marcus Adams yeah, Hayden Crozier, maybe. Yeah, Hayden Crozier might be rocking it. I'll have to sneak down to training at one point and see. Uh, in the medical news side of things, uh, the Zimmerman's report, pardon me, there was no injuries, which is outstanding from the game. It's something that... Yeah, I, that's weird. I don't know if I we've had a game this year where we haven't had any injuries. Yeah, true, actually. Um, Probably should have kept a tally. <laughs> It's easy to lose count when you have like 10 the week before. But um, cycling yeah. is back to full training, which is outstanding. And Bailey Dale and English are probably going to resume full training next week. So I'd say two, one or two weeks away. Awesome. It's like good news. It's amazing. Right? Usually this is like the, what it feels like the sad bit that we cushion in between the funny parts of our show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm. Um, in the VFL, we smashed North Melbourne by 41 points, which is amazing. Yeah, they, very good. They played right before the game. I didn't get to go watch the game because they had like a two-hour gap in between. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if they kind of had it as like a proper curtain raiser instead of like we raise the curtain and then we put the curtain back <laughs> down. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you know what I, mean, I wonder whether if you watched the VFL, whether you could actually stay at Etihad or whether they like closed up and had to... Get you to leave. Um, because that I'm is a, sure. it was a long time in between stumps. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, Actually, like, who do they know? 
Yeah, if you've paid for a VFO ticket, like, how do they know to kick you out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's a good way to mm. get in cheap. Uh, Ferguson, yeah, yeah. Well, Fer Green kicked two goals, um, had 21 disposals and 10 marks. But Legend. The biggest goal scorer was uh, Nathan Malenga McHugh, who is Fergus's housemate. He had four goals, eight marks, and two tackles. So, a bit of like a, a versatile player, Malenga McHugh. Play, I think he was drafted as like a more of a halfback. Um, and now he's okay. just, yeah, uh, swinging back and forth, which is good. Yeah. Um, the I think other- there's like a good, kind of good vibes coming from like the younger kids, like. Brad Lynch make his debut, like Rock Smith being picked. And I think he's playing really well. Rock Smith gets picked on a lot. But I think he's he playing does, really well. It? Like Ferg's coming through. Nathan Mullinger McHugh playing really well. Um, yeah, like stuff like that. I think Lewis Young playing well as well. Like I think um I think the I I'm kind of assuming that the energy around like the younger boys in the group must be pretty pumped up because it's like yeah. if I show something, I'm gonna get a game, like this this will be good for me. Right, it'd and be super, en- like, super encouraging yeah. as a young player. Like, that's the thing about Beveridge. If you if you impress in the VFL, he's going to pick you. Um, and it's not like I don't know, getting stuck at behind um, like Joel Hambling when he was at Geelong and he was ripping it up in the VFL and couldn't get picked because the, they wouldn't pick him. You know, it's not yeah, like exactly. that at all. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously, like players like Ed Richards, who like you kind of forget he didn't have like such a cute look about him <laughs> forget that he was a kid you know what I mean like, yeah yeah fair enough um, he just looks Ed Richards looks like he should be working at Baker's Delight or something <laughs> like that's the that's the vibe I get yeah I could see him fit into that maybe we'll like photoshop a photo of him onto Baker's Delight oh yes please <laughs> Lin Jong had uh, 23 disposals 3 tackles and 3 inside 50s um, Jordan Ruffett had 25 hitouts and 20 disposals and kicked a goal. They're playing Northern Blues this um, Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, out at Icon Park. The Northern Blues are sitting... 10 a.m.? Yeah, I know, right? It'll be a, an early start, but um, hopefully the dogs, like, it's always nice. If they win on Friday night, they can go along and, um, I don't know, continue the momentum on <laughs> Saturday morning. Yeah. They're only sitting, like, 13th, so we're a few spots ahead of them. Hopefully yeah, we can roll Carlton. Oh, the Northern Yeah, Blues. I don't think. Um, unfortunately for Carlton, I don't think even their twos are particularly um, impressive at the moment. Um, the Nuffy of the week last week we had a lot of traction. Um, all of it pretty much going towards the Cristiano Ronaldo post. If you haven't seen that, yeah, get on our Facebook, um, the Kennelcoff podcast. But yeah, it was a post suggesting that we try and recruit or lure Cristiano Ronaldo over to the club. Um, and the overwhelming majority voted for that uh, as our Nuffy of the Week. Um, this week's, we had a very interesting, someone that's connected the dots, you could say. Jesse has um, seen the news that Luke Beveridge has sold his house. It was posted on realestate.com.au. And Jesse has, uh, yeah, sort of seen that, taken this. He said, big indication that Luke Beveridge is on the out. Rumours fired that he's going... Going to get the arse in the coming weeks if they continue this form. Luke Beveridge likely to take assistant role at Gold Coast with his mate Stevie Jew. So Yeah, look, I don't know who Stevie Jew is, but... <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz, there's a lot to unpack there. I wonder... You know when you find out that, like, particularly football players, I found, like, you find out that they're selling their homes? Yeah. Is that not, like, some kind of breach of privacy or something? 
Yeah. We can look up this house, and until he actually moves out, <laughs> we can walk up at Bevo's house. You know what I mean? He bigs it up at his press conference this week. Bevo's like, oh, what? yeah, I didn't know they bought that up. I've actually got some, like, um, St. Saint, uh, Saint Bede's memorabilia that's laying around that I'll definitely have to lock up now. So, no. Um, yeah, I don't know what how that works. Maybe he's it's like a big... The real estate agent's driving it, though, so that the auctions... There's more, like, traction at the auction. Yeah, that's true. You could potentially get more clients, I guess. Yeah, but uh don't know if Jesse's trying to make a connection that... It's a bit of a reach, I think. I don't think Luke Beveridge yeah, is Yeah, but it's anywhere. like, where did you hear this? You know what I mean? Like, I literally haven't heard anything about Bever going to Gold Coast. Like, Not- why would you go to Gold Coast? Surely you just go back to St. Bede's. Yeah, right. Like- <laughs> Why would you go to the Gold Coast? Because then you're going to have to move to Tasmania when they fall. So it's just like, you know, like, <laughs> just uh, don't really get it. But no. um, look, some people, maybe, look, if Bevo does move up the Gold Coast, and, like, I will I will give Jesse the credit when it is due. Right. You know what I mean? If he does, I will go on air and I'll make a formal apology to Jesse. <laughs> Yeah, the conspiracy theorist that he is has would may have predicted it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and our other Nuffy was uh, Dave. Dave was inspired by Port Adelaide's "Never Tear Us Apart," and he has wrote written in the written in the Western Bulldogs forum. Should we play Pride in the name of love to counteract Port's "Never Tear Us Apart"? Um, is that um by is YouTube? That YouTube song? <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts? Do you do you like the idea of listening to YouTube before a game? No, we've got our Western Bulldogs song. Yeah, who's it by? It's um, Luke Beveridge's mate, isn't um, it? Bevo's mates, <laughs> mm. and it's my favourite song in the whole world. Um, and so, if I don't keep hearing that, I will crack it. Number one, but also number two, like, what is that song even about? Like, never to the part kind of makes sense, but like, in the like in the name of love. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if that's like going to rev you up but if you're running out onto the ground if um, if I was a Western Bulldogs player. It's like, what more in the name of love? Is that like the one that it is? Uh, couldn't um, tell you. Not a, not a huge U2 fan. But um, Collingwood used... Look, no, nah, I'm not a fan of that. Collingwood play Nothing Else Matters oh, Metallica by Metallica and that did not work. I know that a lot of people were just like, I don't even think the lyrics have, uh, like, are related to um, footy, in, like, or the message was wrong. Like, the message of Metallica was completely unrelated to yeah. giving 100% or anything like oh, that. Yeah, I'm just reading about Pride in the Name of Love now. What have you got for um, us? It's about, like, Martin Luther King and stuff, <laughs> and, like, the civil, civil rights movement. Um Okay. Look, I don't think it's particularly relevant, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest with you. It's a bit of a, like a, if you're a we- if you're part of like the 43,000 Western Bulldog members and you're like listening to Pride in the Name of Love, I don't think all 43,000 are going to be like, oh yeah, I can make the link to like Martin Luther and his struggle against, um, in like the 50s about uh, for uh, black rights and things like that. I don't think too many people are going to make that, that connection. Look, and you'd kind of hope that they wouldn't, to be honest. Fair but enough. um, but I like how we like again, kind of like old mate. Um, what was the first book Jesse? Um, and he he kind of 
provide like he states this fact with no evidence. Yes. Like it's there's no there's no evidence to support it. And as well, Dave has come and said we should play this song. Doesn't tell us why. Doesn't tell us why. <laughs> Is this just his favorite no, song? No, it was, it was to counter. Like, it was to counteract Port Adelaide, even though we don't play them for a couple more weeks. But like, how does it counter <laughs> that song? Maybe they'll play it at the same time, so it just drowns it out. Yeah, but also like you only they only played at Port Home games. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Port at home. Uh, sorry, Jesse. Sorry, uh. Dave. Dave. Sorry, Dave. Big Dave. Look, I just don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Uh, Our last little bit is uh, the social media watch. There's been a couple of things this week that popped up. Um, The first one that caught my attention was Liam picking um, the video of him doing his concussion test. Did you see that? Yeah, with the laser. Yeah, they all seem pretty um, wacky. I don't know whether he came up with them himself. Um, (laughs) No. I don't think so, but I wish that he did. <laughs> so my favourite one was he has a um, a laser pointer on his head and he has to draw a figure eight and, like, he's, he is in, like, that moment. He's in his element drawing that figure eight and he does a pretty good job. So good to see Picken is doing everything he can to get back out on the field. And I like um, Annie Nolan, his wife's and um, Kat followed the laser around as well. Oh, really? Like, he's like... He's dipping his hair around and stuff on the couch, shaking the laser, which was pretty funny too. Oh, too good. Um, oh, I've got the video now, and it's got this great music in the background. Uh, the other social media bit was Caleb Daniel on Instagram. Um, it's him eyeing off some deli-style chipotle aioli. Yep. With the caption, love at first sight, obviously. Um, love it. He's got the little um, emoji sunglasses on. <laughs> But he's, like, lowered them down his nose, but to make them look more realistic. <laughs> I don't know if he's drawn it or, like, it's something else, but they're, like... Because the sunglasses emojis, the emoji does not have um, arms for the glasses. Yeah. But he's drawn the arms to uh, come <laughs> over the top there, which is amazing, to be honest. Caleb Daniel has a lot of spare time. Like, he did that tennis ball uh, social yeah. media picture a few weeks ago. I mean... Good on him. He's got some good. He's very media. creative. Yeah, uh, I actually I messaged I messaged Fergus and I asked him like whether there was any backstory behind it, and he just said no. He just really likes chipotle aioli. Yeah, look, you can blame him. He's only human. <laughs> um, I also asked Fergus about one that appeared on Lewis Young's Instagram, and it was just Lewis Young. Um, it was a Photoshop picture of him in the change rooms with um, what appears to be Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Uh, created by Fer Green, and Fer Green just said it happened naturally. He saw the picture and he just had to make it. Yeah, um, I think all great works of art do um, come to artists maybe in the form of a dream or yes. um, an epiphany, and I think this is definitely one of them. Uh, great. The final uh, social media piece was from Billy Gowers uh, sh- throwing his support behind Steve Smith. Um, Steve Smith got done, or not done, got caught having a beer by himself in New York. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I just thought it was the strangest thing ever. Some people around on my trips taking mix of me every by myself because um, it'd be a lot. Wait. <laughs> Sorry, did you say that you've uh, been having a few beers by yourself while you're over in Bali? Not on this trip. I actually have to live with 13 other people. Oh. Um, so that's something. But, like, yeah, like other trips I've done by myself bit of a solo traveller, 
Um, definitely, <laughs> definitely had a few beers by myself. But um, yeah, so to other people had the same kind of um, opinion as me, and they started like a hashtag that was hashtag blue sip, so it's just like having a drink by yourself. Um, it was good yeah, behind Steve Smith, and it was really good. Having he- a glass of water as well, which I thought was very health conscious. Yeah, good on him. Um, and keeping of- the skin folds down. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, it's funny you bring up skin folds because he's got a nice little double chin going as well. Um, yeah, true. You can find it on his Twitter. No, yeah, produce like his neck. <laughs> um, that pretty much wraps up our show uh, for this week. We take on the cats tomorrow night, and as yep. we said, Brad Lynch will be debuting, which is very exciting. And yeah, you'll... if anyone knows any good spots to watch the Bulldogs play <laughs> in Changu, Bali, please hit me up. I find one sports bar that had a Bulldog playing at front, um, among others. <laughs> syllable thing. Um, and I might give him a ring. Um, my Indonesian is pretty basic, but I think my passion will shine through and they will put the game on for me. Lovely. So that's what I'm Do you want to um, sign it off with however you say goodbye in Indonesian? Um, oh, so oh, I'm getting there. But it's like, see you later. But it's like, Indonesian is a very literal language. Yep. So, um, I'll see you later is uh, Senpai Nanti. And um, yeah, I'll, I don't know what your next week is. So <laughs> maybe I will have learned that by the time we meet again. <laughs> awesome. All right. See you soon. See ya.